The Jewish faith has been around for over 5,000 years. These people have been through a lot in their history, but they managed to persevere and keep their beliefs and customs intact. But how many of us outside of Judaism really understand their traditions and struggles? Join my two special guests and I as we learn, appreciate, and maybe even gain a little more understanding of one of the major religions on this planet. And who knows, maybe you'll find that this religion isn't too different from your own. Enjoy part one of Denomination, Judaism. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to In Consideration. I am your host, Evan Johnson. I really appreciate you uh, listeners who have been with me from day one. And if you're just checking out an episode for the first time, I uh, really appreciate you hopping on board and, and taking a listen. We've got um, the beginning of a tidy little series I'm doing this month, uh, basically about religion. And uh, I've got two special guests today, which is really awesome. Kind of our uh, first time in the world of multiple guests, but I'm really excited. Um, first, let's start with a familiar face. You know him. You love him. Uh, Mr. Imran, welcome back, sir. Welcome back to you all. Thank you. <laughs> great. Great. Good seeing you, buddy. And then uh, my special guest to talk about uh, one of the main religions that we are talking about today is my cousin of all people. Um, no, I am not part of the Jewish faith, uh, but my cousin and uh, some of that side of the family is, and so I invited my cousin David into here. Hello, David. How are you? What's up, man? Pleasure to be here. So, uh, listener, we're just going to be chatting with David, uh, kind of get some insight. You know, tis the season um, for a lot of us to have these traditions that, that come ab uh, about in this time of year. And uh, one of those big ones is, you know, what the Jewish people do in, in their faith. And I just want to chat with David and, and get familiar with this, get familiar not only to, you know, what this time of year is for him, but also just his experience growing up, uh, not only in this faith, but, faith, but, you know, with the people around him, you know, his experiences maybe at school, outside of school, uh, maybe even in sports, you know, whatever it is, uh, let's, let's have a chat with David. So David, um, you know, let's, let's start with, you were born into this, correct? It wasn't like a, a conversion for you. Not for me, no. Okay. Um, my mother, uh, your aunt, yes. uh, our mothers, our sisters, yep. um, they were born and raised Catholic. Yes. Um, but... Uh, at a certain point in my mother's life, she was searching. Um, there was certain elements, I think, of Catholicism that she found unsatisfactory and um, was really kind of out there looking for something that resonated with her and eventually came to the Jewish faith and converted uh, just on her own and actually met my father uh, through a Jewish singles dating group. Ah, awesome. So, Great. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I'm kind of curious about that. Oh, so she, she converted before she met your dad. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that's correct. Oh, okay. I don't, for some reason, maybe I knew that, but I definitely didn't remember that. That's that's interesting. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, it's something I've asked her about a few times, and um, it, it is interesting. I, I, I still am a little, you know, I wonder exactly how it happened, how she came to it. But um, I think, you know, I think it was actually shortly after our, our grandfather died. Mm. And, um, you know, the family was, he was, you know, the patriarch and yep. uh, the rock. Very beloved in our family. Yes, yeah. Very, and very. Really kind of, um, really was the sort of beginning of what sort of, I don't want to say dissolution of our family, but certainly mm-hmm. your, your mom left first. Yep. Um, they're all, they're all from Panama. I don't know if everyone knows that. No, but. I don't think so. We haven't talked too much about, about, uh, my, our, well, our mutual mixed background. Uh, yeah. we have uh, crazy ancestry, but yeah, uh, we both are mothers born and raised in Panama. And as you said, uh, very devout Catholics, uh, yes. they went to church every Sunday mass, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, and then also, like you said, uh, at a very young age, they lost their father to cancer, our grandfather. We, David and I, we've never met the man. Uh, he died. My mother is the oldest of the three children um, uh, with those two grandparents. And uh, he died when my mom was 18 or 19. So, um, you know, pretty young age yeah. to, 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 to lose a dad. And as beloved as he is, it kind of caused, like you said, kind of a rift uh, with everybody yeah. and everybody kind of going their separate ways. So yeah, your, your mom left first, mm-hmm. uh, with, with your dad. And yep. then my mom left for college, uh, shortly thereafter. Okay. So I think, you know, if you kind of put the pieces together, she had just lost her dad. She was in college, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. just searching for answers. I know, honestly, the, I, the period of my life where I learned most about Judaism was actually, uh, I would say in my college years, because I, I actually took classes like uh, and oh. I, I mean, I went, to, I went to Hebrew school, of course, you know, growing up, but I actually took like college level, you know, and I kind of, I mean, honestly, kind of in my view, kind of got the real history of the Jewish people, you know, with Hebrew school, you're kind of painted more like the biblical side of things, whereas like, and you're learning the language and you're learning. Yeah, yes, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah. So know, let's, let's describe that process. So, so yeah. uh, what age do you start attending Hebrew school? How often, how often is it? You know, all that. Yeah, it's um, so actually it started for me pretty much at the very beginning of my life, because basically as soon as, you know, I was put into daycare, it was uh, called Solomon Schechter. It was a Jewish uh, school, uh, essentially like, so I was there up until kindergarten and, uh, you know, in that element, uh, it's essentially like it's a a Jewish school. So, you know, we're celebrating Shabbat. We are singing the songs. We are, you know, just, uh, beginning of being exposed to the culture. Okay. Um, what and- is, here we go. I'm going to fa- uh, ask my first ignorant real, well, I'm probably first of many ignorant questions. Shabbat. What is that? Shabbat, uh, you, the translation you would know as the Sabbath. Okay. Um, so, you know, for the Christian faith, I, you know, I believe it's Sunday. Uh, sure. I don't know if the, basically the way it starts for Jews is we count at sundown on Friday. So uh, as soon as the sun goes down here in a few hours, uh, mm-hmm. it'll be Shabbat for us. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, because we're we're recording on a Friday. So so yeah. sundown on a Friday leads you into the Saturday for this, you know, uh right. holy day. And, yeah. And uh it goes through sundown the following day. It's uh, twenty-four hours of uh basically goes right back to Genesis. Um it you know, on the seventh day the <laughs> Lord rested, you know. Um, okay. So and, that's and what, and because humans, you know, we rest at nighttime. It starts at nighttime. Is that kind of kind of? Um, I think it's sort of tied to like the working schedule, ah, you know, okay. or you know. Um, so, you know, people for the most part, uh, you know, kind of finish their work week. Um, even you know, way back when I think when this tradition really you know took hold uh, mm-hmm. that was the case yeah, and like so, five thousand years ago like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah long time ago yeah. um yeah you know it's interesting i don't know the full history of shabbat but i i do know you know the reasoning behind it is it really is a time for rest and reflection uh each week which is pretty cool um you know depending on how religious you are in the faith uh there's a lot of different ways you can observe it. Um, traditionally, my family grew up basically with a meal. It was it basically came down to a meal. Uh, we would, you know, um, sometimes go to service. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of our one time per week. Um, and are, then, are, are the services also like in the morning on that weekday, a weekend, like Saturday morning or something like that? Or do you have like uh, Friday night services and stuff? Yeah, like that? Well, I mean, there's yeah. actually there's three services. So oh, wow. OK. Yeah. Yeah. You have uh, the Friday night service that basically ushers in Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Then you have a, a Saturday day morning where, where you actually do a Torah reading. OK. Uh, it's a very it's like uh, it's. Really, Saturday Shabbat service is like would be the equivalent of like Sunday service. Uh, it's okay. the most attended service. It is where again the Torah reading is done. Um, it's where when most bar and bat mitzvahs occur. Okay. Um, and then you and have. We'll talk about well, listener. We'll talk about bar and bar, bat mitzvahs. I'm oh, sure yeah. when we get oh, to yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah, party. So, I remember going to yours, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get <laughs> we'll yeah, get to good, it. <laughs> uh, memories there. But yeah, um, yeah. Then, uh, just to finish off, there is a you know again the it's called Havdalah, and it's the uh, service that basically you end uh, Shabbat with. Um, okay. And uh, again, so it's it's like a full twenty four hours. I mean, obviously, other than you sleeping, but it's like a full twenty four hours of like this is this is our day of celebrating and or like you know uh, rest reflecting. As you, reflecting. Yeah, there we go. Chilling, re- uh, reflecting, um, and you know, if you're Orthodox, um, it's pretty hardcore actually because you are not allowed to operate any kind of machinery or electrical anything. Yeah. Uh, for that period of time, um, you're not allowed to do any sort of thing that's considered work, uh, essentially. Um, you, you can't even handle money is, uh, oh, wow. I guess in some view considered work or, um, you know, um, and, and, so, and, and as we know from Big Lebowski, you most certainly don't bowl on that yeah. day either. <laughs> Good old don't Walter, right? Shabbos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. roll on Shabbos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when he says uh, Shomer Shabbos, that uh-huh. that is that what that means is like you are strictly observant of the Shabbos. So, ah, okay. Uh, you know, like if someone says like I can't pay for that, it's like I'm Shomer Shabbos. They, it means that they are 
you know, in strict observance. Ah, um, I don't like know. They, uh, you know, they're they're a uh, light switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's that's great. Yeah. So they just like sit in a chair and read books. Like, what do what do you do when you're that it's, extreme? You know, like. Um, so I, I actually have a good friend of mine who is uh, Orthodox and you know pretty hardcore about it, and mm-hmm. so I talked to him a lot about it. And he, you know, for him it really is. He's got uh, four kids and a fifth on the way. So he. Oh. Uh, for him, it really, uh, both him and his wife were lawyers, so everyone's really busy during the week. So for him, he says it's really a time to, like, you know, again, you cannot look at any phone. You can't look at any computer. Uh-huh. You're just there with your family, um, you know, either, you know, in service, reflecting on, you know, the bigger matters uh, in the universe, yeah. or you're just with your family focusing on them. And Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? For as old as these beliefs are and these customs are, uh, you know, to to um, evolve with the time is kind of interesting to me because you know, phones, electricity, even I mean, those haven't been around for five thousand years. They've barely been around for you know, one hundred and fifty, two hundred years. So, you know, the fact that even in recent times, it's like, no, no, when we say day of rest, we're even talking about these new things, these things that have come into our lives and whatnot. And, um, you know, when when I talk with my own kids about screen time, it's like, oh, you've had too much screen time today. No more, no more of this and stuff. It's, it's kind of it's kind of cool and interesting that this has, has kind of come into uh, this particular area of faith where it's kind of like, no, 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 I'm going to be strict about this. I'm going to connect with my family on a human level and, and be present and, and not worry about, like you said, even flipping on light switches and stuff like yeah. that. I'm just going to be with people. So yeah, uh, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, yeah, it, it is. And, and, um, you know, but kind of to your point, um, that is one really, I think, cool aspect of Judaism is it is very much a, uh, living working developing faith uh in that you know um the way it's structured obviously you have the torah which is the sacred the sacred uh, text text you know Mm -hmm. the five books of moses but um really what right up there with you know and uh, torah is number one like let's let's just get that out of the way like nothing supersedes the torah however um as part of the jewish tradition no matter where you fall on the spectrum of how you observe, um, the Talmud is considered as well one of the most sacred books. And um, to educate you a little bit on that, yeah, yeah, tell me about. It. I was about yeah. to ask, like, what is that? Yeah, the Talmud. We've all we've all heard of the Torah. You know, it's it's for for Christianity. It's kind of I, I believe it's synonymous to the Old Testament in the Bible. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Talmud is actually. Uh, a collection of rabbinical uh, meditations, shall we say, on the Torah. So Mm. it is uh, a bunch of the most respected rabbis going back, you know, a long time um, commenting on and basically establishing Jewish law. Hmm. Um, And the way to kind of think of it would be like the Torah is the constitution and the Talmud is like um, the uh, amendments to the, uh, the Constitution. It's the interesting um, way that the Jewish people have translated what God's word is into actually like how they want to live. Um, 
So, so, it's, so it's a little bit, I mean, it's, 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 sounds a little subjective. It sounds a little like, uh, yes, it's, it's said rules or whatever, but it's something that has kind of changed over time to meet the interpretations of the Torah. Does that kind of, does that sound accurate? Yeah. It, I mean, okay. it, it, evolved, it, it, so the Talmud is now, <laughs> I did talk about this with my, um, Orthodox friend the other day about like, you know, we are big believers in the Talmud and sort of rewriting, um, you know, our traditions as, you know, we evolve as, you know, a people and as a species even. Okay. So why, uh, why did we stop? Because, you know, um, essentially, you know, there's no more like, (laughs) um, additions to the Talmud. The Talmud is the Talmud. It's, it's done. And basically now, and that's what basically defines there's basically three levels of Judaism at this point. You are either orthodox, conservative, or reform. And essentially okay. what that means is it's it's the way that you then sort of interpret the Torah and the Talmud like you know, if you're orthodox, you follow I mean you it's literally letter of the law like uh-huh. Uh-huh. everything that the Torah and Talmud says is what you do. You live the way that you know your ancestors lived conservative kind of tries to strike a balance um between you know more modern living and the you know let's call it the ancient ways and then reform you know sort of what the name implies it is very much um like to give you an example you you believe in the teachings but you're down to party is that what the reform people so it's just like okay so yeah like um women's role in in judaism for example Uh like that that, that's a big difference in uh, or just women's role period in society is very the views are very different obviously how they were in ancient times versus now so like you know orthodox they don't even pray with like the men and the women are separate they don't even pray together Uh uh-huh and the idea of a woman rabbi would be completely blasphemous yeah for the orthodox is what you're for the orthodox whereas like in a reform temple you have women rabbis yeah so this is the kind of uh, example that i'll give as far as like you know how on that spectrum people are reinterpreting uh judaism so that's why i said it is sort of like a living breathing um you know whether you are more of a fundamentalist or whether you are more of a reformist you know there's a place for you um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get that across, uh, um, you know, these these other major religions as well, too. You know, you get you get obviously the real, uh, you know, Greek Orthodox, uh, you know, Catholics, you know, all these sort of things that are going to kind of hold letter of the law. These are the way it's been for thousands of years or whatever like that. And then you get uh, the kind of uh, lighter Christianity. And I, I'm curious, Emron, is there kind of similar in that kind of vein where you get kind of like the Hey, this is the letter of the law, and then and then you know, kind of backing off in the Islamic faith. I mean, are you kind of relating here in any? Yeah, I am relating. I think what David's saying is, I was going to ask a question because I think it's what he's saying is awesome. It's explaining things for people who have never heard somebody discuss these things yeah. and the complexity and detail that he's discussing them. I think the parallel I was gonna, I'll I'll offer, and then I'll ask David how it's similar. Is the Quran in in Islam is like the letter of the law, like you said, is similar to the Torah uh-huh. and the Quran is where you get information about 
how the religion was communicated from God to people, right? So Muhammad, Prophet Muhammad is the prophet that took information from God and wrote it and put it into form that humans could follow, right? Okay. So that's the Quran. Now there are hadiths, which I think is similar to some of what David's saying. Hadiths are along the way, there have been scholars that have put their interpretation into what the Quran says and say, this is how it's supposed to be executed or implemented. And so that's where there's, there's different camps in Islam and there's a lot more complexity to what I'm saying, but I'm just going to fly in it to ask David. Um, their Quran is, has the, one of the biggest strengths of the Quran is it's open to interpretation, right? One of the biggest people could say weaknesses is it's open to interpretation. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't say anywhere in the Quran that women need to be covered from head to toe. There's no there's no passage in the Quran that says women should be covered from here to here, veil, scarf, everything, head to toe. But at a certain point there were people in a long like David's referred to thousands of years ago that said, No, that's this part of the Quran says, you know, it talks about conservative dress and mm. male attraction to women. Women should do this to interpret what the Quran, this is what the Quran means here, right? Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. So so the Hadiths, the story or the connection to the Quran was, that's how it should be executed. So there are Muslim countries and people in this world that honestly believe that, you know, women should d- dress a certain way. And and that's because of an interpretation of a certain section of the holy text is saying like, well, look, they're talking about this. So that means this. And we all need sure. to follow this because of our interpretation, you right. know, because so I've studied def- this and I'm, you know, the leading authority yeah. in this. And I, okay. Okay. So I would be curious in David's world, if it's like, if there's ever this juxtaposition or if there's a, uh, kind of an internal battle family or in, in synagogues or whatever, where you try to figure out what do you know in it, in it honestly at the end of the day and i'd be curious david's opinion on this is at the end of the day it's between you and god like i mean no person all the all the mullahs and all the scholars and all the rabbis can come down and say hey you should do this but it's honestly between me and a higher power mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i would be curious from david's perspective do, are how often do you encounter like how should you how should you spend your saturdays or how should what women's role should be? Do you do you really go off with the Torah thing, which is very original and may have outdated? Some could say, and I don't want to offend anyone, but some outdated ideas. Or do you try to create your own interpretation of what you think best suits today's lifestyle to feel like you're answering to God's call of, of being a good, you know, member of your congregation? Yeah, um, I, I I would say so. I, I very much believe in critical thinking and mm-hmm. rationality yeah. those are you know the scientific method these are to me like the tried and true ways by which man has really advanced themselves throughout the ages and again that's i think what i'm saying partly is a lot of that is implicitly built into judaism um even i i would go see an orthodox rabbi uh as part of my post bar mitzvah jewish education and i actually i did learn a lot from him especially like you know because i was my synagogue was a conservative synagogue so i really didn't have much exposure to the orthodox until i met with him and uh you know i I again learned even within the orthodoxy there is a process by which a man can challenge god 
hmm. and you are not expected to take blind faith. Um, ah. uh, that is one aspect of Judaism that I really do appreciate. And, you know, if you so choose, like many do, um, you know, again, you are much more traditional and follow uh, the ways of your ancestors. But, you know, if you look at the history and the way that Judaism has always been structured, I mean, even going back to the Talmud, these were, you know, this took over hundreds of years of scholars going back and forth about, you know, what should be what and, and debating. And because, you know, again, it's sort of what you were saying about the Quran. Um, you know, if you know, any, I mean, you know, the Old Testament, uh, it's really a story of it's a, it's a story, right? So you starting with Genesis, you uh, go to, uh, you know, all the way through to Moses, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and is that is that is that the the is that you know quote unquote the ending of the torah it ends with moses or is there something yeah it basically it ends with uh you know i believe if, if i recall mm -hmm. it ends with the because you know that he wanders the desert for sure. 40, 40 years. years yep yeah mm -hmm. it, it ends with the hebrews uh finally entering canaan uh, which, you know, is now modern day, uh, Israel, um, okay. and settling there. And then, you know, that's kind of, uh, where, you know, you get the 12 tribes of Israel and, yep. um, you know, that, that comes directly from um, Moses's line, Aaron, they all kind of like, you know, had that. And then, then the, it, that's actually to me when it gets really interesting because, that was sort of what I was referring to with my college education on Judaism really got into the actual archaeology. Yeah. The like the history, history, the history of all of it. Yeah. 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 Because they, it really gets fascinating with, you know, the story of the Jewish people. I mean, um, <laughs> is one of struggle, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's from day one, that's what it's about. And, you know, even once they get to the land of milk and honey, uh, they, experience um <laughs> i mean uh, the babylonians the persians the assyrians the uh mm -hmm. you, know, I mean, you know the egyptians like it was it's it was a lot of conquer the, the greeks the romans i mean everyone took their turn coming to conquer uh israel and or you know whatever you it, it was called at the time and sure. you know that is also a really big part of so I, I, I'm kind of smiling to myself here a little bit and trying to, obviously I want, you know, we're having a great discussion on this and I want to be as respectful as possible, but you, you called it the land of milk and honey. Uh, yeah. I got I to gotta pause there for a second uh, because it's funny to me. It's a funny name. Is that, is that uh, an endearing kind of, uh, uh, you know. Um, that, that comes straight from the Torah. That, oh, it that, does. The yeah, land of milk and honey. Okay. That was, that's literally, uh, that's, that's like their golden ticket. That's like their, their like promised their endearing promised land terminology, the land of milk and honey. I yeah. want that on like a t-shirt, the land yeah. of milk. And honey. It just, it, it just sounds so delicious and yummy yeah, and comforting. They're, and they're and, really into milk and honey, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, look, when you wander the desert with nothing, yeah. uh, you know, milk and honey looks pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what is what is uh, you know growing up 
Now, you, you grew up in Texas. You grew up in, in just outside of Dallas, uh, technically, well, right? Uh, north, north, north Dallas, actually. North Dallas, okay. Um, so was there, was there a large Jewish community? Uh, I mean, Dallas is very diverse, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine, as you know, some people may have uh, a certain mindset on what Dallas would be. But it's actually pretty – you get all sorts of people there. Oh, but yeah. Was there a large Jewish community uh, there in Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was actually – pretty interesting um i grew up in a very jewish neighborhood actually oh okay so it was it was even within your own like you had neighbors who were who yeah. went to the same yeah. synagogue uh, and, and had, all that yeah stuff? a lot you know a lot of friends a lot of neighbors a lot of people i went to school with now um, was that um a happy accident or did you like your parents were like oh we're gonna move to this neighborhood because we know that there's a nice um, I think it was relatively kind of well known. Okay, um, you know, it's never an accident when sure. all the Jews move next to each other. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, and I, I think you find this with all groups of people. Oh um, yeah, yeah. They, you, everybody's searching for their people. And, birds uh, of a feather, right? So, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know, um, I, I was fortunate in that. You know, there really wasn't too much of. Uh, feeling of other where i where i grew up oh it really it really wasn't until i think maybe even college that i really kind of started to experience that feeling that uh you know of kind of like the outsider type thing Um, sure where did you you go to college uh here in austin i live in austin now and i went to I went to ut what was the what would you say were the main challenges that you felt like the where you maybe didn't fit in or integrate or you felt like sort of uh struggling to 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 integrate um well you know it's kind of uh again cuz i was kind of in my little bubble and and by the way like i did have a lot of christian friends growing uh-huh. up as well it was but it was like a hell it was like almost like 50-50 you know like any my my good group of friends half jewish half christian so yeah. you know we felt balanced you know but then um at university there was you know starting to feel more imbalanced uh, especially you know a lot of my friends um i you know i actually i never joined a fraternity but a lot of my friends um mostly jewish uh were in a fraternity together and i hung out with them a lot that being said you know there was a lot of mixing of the fraternities and certainly all the other fraternities uh were very you know Christian. Um, and so that was sort of where I started to like be around large groups of people who weren't Jews and who mm-hmm. really didn't have a lot of experience being around Jews. Um, and so that was certainly, you know, I don't want to say eye opening, but it was, it was new to me. It was a new experience sort of coming from the <laughs> sheltered streets of North Dallas. Um, yeah. That's kind of interesting to me because I had no idea you were, uh, living, you know, for lack of a better phrase, living among your people, you know, I, I, I had no idea. Like, obviously, when I came for your bar mitzvah, I met some of your friends. I, I couldn't tell you right now so long ago who, who they were. But yeah. I do remember that, you know, maybe some of them had already had their bar mitzvah or maybe some of them were, you know, you know, down the road type of thing. I remember those sorts of discussions and stuff. Uh, but I, I guess even as a kid and reflecting on it now, I guess I didn't realize that that wasn't like an accident. That was because that was the community that you were living in. So even as your school's 
expanded because as you move through the K-12 system, schools right. get bigger because they incorporate more of the population. Um, you, you still had this kind of solid foundation of that community throughout the whole thing. So grade school, middle school, high school, it was still, you know, your, your kind of core group was still that 50-50 mix of, of uh, Jews and Christians is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it uh, really was um, a good way for, you know, a Jewish person to grow up. And did, not- did anybody ever, ever call you out did anybody ever you know get uh you know growing up is what i'm talking about you know uh that immature like uh you know name calling or anything like that because they knew you were jewish or you know did you come in any sort of entanglements regarding uh, any of that stuff not not really man i mean okay. you know, occasionally uh amongst you know our friends we would break balls and uh, oh sure you know <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. make jokes at each other and stuff but um yeah, how is that weekend dynamic, I guess, among your friends, right? Because if you're busy with Saturday stuff and they're busy, you know, some of them are busy with Sunday stuff, I guess you you have your Saturday friends yeah. and your Sunday friends, you know, I guess. Well, type of thing. I'll, I'll tell you this, um, certainly around the bar mitzvah age, uh, yeah. you, the Jews were pretty popular, man. Everybody wanted to go to those bar mitzvahs. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the, uh, there were great parties and they were the uh, place to be for, uh, you know, 12, 13 year old kids for sure. Yeah. What's, let's, what's the reason for that? Tell, tell people like what, what, what's what, the point of the bar mitzvah? The bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, essentially it is ushering in, uh, a child to adulthood in the eyes of the Jewish religion. Um, you okay. know, looking at it now, you know, 13, 13 years old doesn't seem very old to us, but if you think about, you know, the tradition and, um, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago, uh, you know, when you turn 13, you, you had to start, uh, you know, working and um, mm-hmm. being uh, pretty adult like you, you know, started your uh, sexual maturity, you know, started, you know, you started, um, you know, the whole boy girl dynamic. And so, you know, it, it makes sense that that would be the time that you would want to. So that's sure. the age that it's done. Yeah, yeah, it's done about it's done when you're 13. And the idea is, um, you, it's your time to read from the Torah. So you you have a service, and you get up there, and you read from the Torah. And that that shows that you are, you know, in the eyes of the Jewish religion, an adult, because you are first off able to um, Mm -hmm. you speak, you can, uh, and then you know, you're you are supposed to you know, give a reflection upon what you, you did uh, for your Torah portion and say, you know, what did it mean? And then what does it mean to you? Um, so yeah, it is an exercise in sort of like, you know, being an adult Jew in front of the con- congregation. Can you, can you off the top of your head, just ballpark, how many, how many bar and bat mitzvahs have you attended? Oh, a hundred uh, more. Uh, yeah, I would say probably at probably around a hundred ish yeah yeah, yeah. now i can tell you because i never went to your uh your sister's bat mitzvah so bar bar mitzvahs for the men and bat mitzvahs for the women correct Is yeah that, there's that right? even something called the b'nai mitzvah which is actually oh. what my mom did and that oh. is when when a uh group of people um oh. get together and do so like for instance you know uh people who have converted yeah um and want to you know, again, go through this exercise of being recognized as a 
you know, uh, a Jewish adult in the community and congregation. Um, so yeah. what I, what I was going to say about that was, you know, I never went to your sister's bat mitzvah. I, I went to your bar mitzvah though. And so I can tell you from an outside observer, um, it, it's, it's an experience. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there were, there were a lot of things I had no idea about. I mean, I'm, I was, I'm your age. So I walk in as a 13 year old and going, you know, what the hell is all this? Uh, and so just uh, the experience of how many times we had to stand up and sit down throughout the entire service. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, what is going on here? And then uh, the silent prayer, which wasn't actually silent, you know, it was just, it was such a, uh, a, a different experience for someone who has, you know, you know, again, I wasn't a big churchgoer growing up, I'm still not. Um, and so, uh, you know, the limited time that I have in a church, it was nothing like I had ever experienced before. Um, and then that was just the service and the ceremony part, um, and, and all the wonderful traditions going on there and then the party. And it's, it's, it's insane, uh, from, from my perspective, just, yeah, just the amount of, of care, time, money that goes into these things to celebrate their child, you know, becoming an adult um, is, uh, it's insane. It's, 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 you know, with that, with all due respect, it's just crazy to me from an outside reserver is like, wow, we did all this for a 13 year old, you know, like this is, no, it, this it's, is uh, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's a, it's an industry. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you have those, uh, you know, DJs and caterers yep. and, uh, you know, the, the synagogue itself, um, everyone is, uh, you know, I mean, it's all year round, so it's, it's a, a big business, especially in a community like I grew up in where there's so many Jewish kids. Um, is there, is there any sort of equivalent for a second time around for something that big? Like if, you know, cause obviously bar mitzvah is very celebrated, just like you said, the synagogue gets involved, all these other industries get involved. Is there anything in the Jewish faith that you know, like, oh, when you turn 60, we have another big one or so- something like that. I mean, is there? Um, not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's really Judaism. They, we have all these holidays, right? There's oh, yeah. A lot, there's a lot of Jewish holidays. And so. Rattle some off. What do we got? What, what, what are some of these holidays? All the big ones. Um, you know, it starts with Rosh Hashanah, which uh-huh. is the Jewish n- New Year. You know, Judaism has its own calendar that okay. goes back. I forget what year you could look it up, but it's like 5,454, 45. I, I don't know. I just kind of pulled that out of there. Sure, but sure. We're, we're, we're around there and we have our own months. And so everything's counted differently. Um, so, you know, it begins there. And then right after uh, Rosh Hashanah, yes, Yom Kippur. Okay, great. All right. Yom Kippur. Okay. Most holy day of the year. It is the day of atonement. Um, basically a day you, you fast, um, you self-reflect on all the, you know, um, bad things you've done, essentially. Um, you ask for forgiveness from both others and God. So the, 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 the fasting, cause this is interesting. Cause Emron and I, I mean, Emron, you can, you'll speak to this probably in a second about fasting, but, uh, is that, is that, a uh, fasting while it's light out type of thing, like similar to what the Muslims do? Uh, or is yes. it like literally the whole day? Like you wake up, you don't eat a thing and you go to sleep and then, and then, um, I've, the way I grew up, um, it was sort of the exact same thing as Shabbos. You, you had a big meal at night, 
you know, went, you went to sleep and you fasted all day until um, then sundown and then you had, you know, your meal. So it's basically like a little intermittent fast. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then you spend, again, you spend all day in temple. And then from there, uh, after that comes Passover. Um, That's obviously a big one that you Mm -hmm. guys are pretty familiar with. Yep. Yep. Celebrating the exodus out of Egypt, out of bondage for the Mm -hmm. Jewish people um and then um actually the cool thing about judaism there's a lot of uh nature holidays um oh. there uh, uh Shvat and sukkot um these are tied back to when judaism and you know agrarian living were very much uh you know um, in lockstep so you're celebrating the harvest oh basically. okay cool yeah never heard of these yeah, it comes in the spring when, um, you know, again, when things are, are blooming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you could kind of look at it as a uh, Jewish Easter kind of thing. <laughs> okay, well, uh, uh, I don't, Easter's not really a celebration of the harvest. It's a rebirth, right? Okay, okay, all right, I see. Yes. Really, okay, when you I think see. about, when you kind of zoom out, so much of, you know, the celebrations that we all do are tied to, the seasons really yeah, yeah. look at it and just i mean ancient people that was that was a big thing uh yeah. the, the way the seasons work the moon the stars all that sort of stuff was i mean they didn't know anything else that they, they yeah. were going off of their own experiences yeah mm-hmm. yeah and um you know so many uh, jewish holidays are uh, aside from those are really related to <laughs> the way i like to put it is essentially um us celebrating that we did not get wiped out of, okay. a, of a particular uh, awesome. great great yeah yeah Yay, I mean, we we, yeah, we, we keep we, we keep it. living yeah like you have purim for example which um <laughs> i would describe almost as like a, a jewish halloween type uh thing there's some elements there like of uh, dress up and stuff okay um, and that goes back to a story related uh in uh, persia um, where Jews survived annihilation there. Yeah. And, uh, same type of deal with, with Hanukkah, man. It's, um, again, uh, we, it's, that one goes back to, you know, this miracle of the (laughs) oil lasting for eight days, um, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that should have only lasted one day. Is that that what the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's that one. And, uh, I mean, even in modern times, um, you know, there is a holiday dedicated to the Holocaust, uh, Hmm. that, uh, you know, was sort of a remembrance day. Oh, interesting. Oh, see, that's fascinating right now because, you know, the whole religion has recognized this as, as something that happened, a horrible thing that happened to the Jewish people. And now there is a holiday of remembrance and, and of sovereignty of, to that. That's amazing. And it goes to show about what you were talking about, about kind of the evolution of this to keep things yeah. uh, current with, with everybody's uh, experience. Yeah, so and honestly, I'm, I, I do not know if Orthodox celebrate Ce- celebrate it okay yeah because it's not uh in the torah but... yeah it's not in the yeah. torah yeah, yeah. um okay but... so how many how many of all these do you personally celebrate i mean uh do you do you do you celebrate that harvest one i mean that's kind of seems um, like a you know quote, quote yeah, minor honestly one. uh so this is this is a good point um this is a good time to kind of lead into a big point that i wanted to make sure um, just kind of talk about my personal identity yeah um, and it's what, something that all Jews, I think, at some point 
or another have to come to grips with. Um, and it's sort of unique to the Jewish experience in that you kind of ask yourself, what does being Jewish mean to me? And uh-huh. for the Jewish people, it's rather unique because, you know, uh, I know most people think, tend to think of it as a religion. Um, there's a school of thought that says it's a race of people. And mm-hmm. there's certainly some... Um, line of thinking that kind of does back that up but yeah i'm gonna interject just real quick uh sorry to interrupt but i i remember when i was in college i had almost a fight with a professor of mine over this said topic because you know uh i i believe she was jewish uh but she was making that argument that it is a race and uh you know all these sorts of things but but what always bothered me about that and you can you can maybe speak to this but um like for instance your mother, my aunt, mm-hmm. you know, right. like she chose to be Jewish. And from my knowledge, you can't choose your race, you know? So that's why I was yeah. always had a problem with that sort of mindset of like, how, how is that? I don't, I don't get Yeah, that. it is. Jewish Judaism is very different. Like I'm trying to explain. It's very different yeah. in that regard. It's, it's, I think one of the only religions that really doesn't, uh, shall we say recruit. <laughs> oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. There's, it's not a big thing for, you're not really encouraging anybody to become a Jew. Um, uh-huh. in fact, when, um, someone says they want to become a Jew, um, it's usually met with a lot of skepticism and there's a very lengthy process. Mm-hmm. that you have to kind of go through to convert um it, you know if you're doing it and even with like a reform type situation yeah um, so you know for me though um there's a third thing and that is a it's a cultural identity uh-huh that's what being jewish really means to me because there is deep meaning for me in being jewish that is not related to like I don't think of myself as like a as a person of the Jewish race. Mm-hmm. I am not uh, devout. I don't actively practice Judaism, honestly. Um, but uh, I've been to Israel. I've had bar mitzvah, um, mm-hmm. and you know, through my life and all my Jewish experiences, it does have very deep meaning to me. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there is something to be said. You know, kind of going back to what I was talking about with the Jews surviving annihilation so many times um you really ask yourself as a jew like in so many of these different situations throughout time and space that they were in they could have in many cases assimilated and um you know made their life a lot easier by giving up these traditions and customs and beliefs um but they didn't and they paid dearly um and so when you look at that you know again going over thousands and thousands of years and then you know you step foot into israel and see what they've done on um you know i saw niels degrasse tyson the other day say there's only two places on earth that uh, two countries on earth that you can see the natural borders from space one of which is north korea for reasons of electricity it's just compared to its neighbors and israel because of the irrigation and what they have done in a very short amount of time um to basically change what was a desert into a very fertile uh beautiful area and you you, you go to the um 
Holocaust Museum there in um, Israel, and you really have a very deep sense of going through this house of horrors and re-experiencing what you know happened there. And then you walk out the way the way the building is designed. You walk out and you just see this absolutely stunning view of mm. of the land, and you know it it really puts the whole story of Judaism into a perspective that I think it's really hard for anybody who has grown up with any kind of Jewish faith to not to like, it's, uh, it's undeniable, you know? And so having experienced that and been to Masada, um, which is another very holy spot. Um, again, <laughs> same story. And so again, it's like this pervasive theme of perseverance and of maintaining a lot of these, um, again, what I look at is like, uh, customs, traditions, uh, it's a culture, right? Um, yeah. there's food tied into it, which everybody loves. Yeah. I, I love family. My, I know I fam- family is a very big part of, of Judaism. Yeah. Family's right? yeah. family's everything, you yeah. know, family in the Torah is, is what any, it doesn't matter what, um, part of Judaism you ascribe to, um, family is absolutely key with, with the Torah. Uh-huh. And so I think there's a lot of elements that, you know, I've taken for my life personally, um, as far as like what I actually observe been changing a lot lately now that I'm a dad. Um, mm. and I kind of, I'm wanting to, um, you know, start to educate my daughter on some of this stuff. Um, sure, I, sure. you know, my wife is not Jewish. Um, uh-huh. so, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it is important to me to let her know, um, you know, who I am and, and who the Jewish people are, you know, what, what the, you know, basically everything I've just talked about, I want her to get that. And I want her to get the other side of the story too, from her mother and what, you know, um, you know, her story is and what. Yeah. Yeah. Imran, you, you can relate to this exactly because your wife is not Muslim. Is that correct? She is. But oh, she, she is. Grow up. Oh, she, she did grow up Muslim. But she yeah. didn't. Oh, okay. So I yeah, didn't she know converted. that. She, she converted. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, uh, but she was not brought up in that faith. This was a recent conversion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, no. And I guess, I guess all this stuff is subjective. I mean, how sure. you, how you practice, if a lot of people like to ask the question, like I'm sure David's got it, are you religious? And mm-hmm. I actually don't like that question because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like, Again, it's between it's intangible. It's between you and your heart and a higher power. And it's like people can never go to church and be super religious, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I unless guess unless you're um, a monk in a monastery someplace or something like that, you know, it's like yeah. uh, when you when you devote one hundred percent of your time. Yeah, you know, I think well, that's I, the I scale, still, right? That's the scale that everybody when they're asking. I think it's I still think it's heart mentality and brain. I mean, you could physically put yourself and be a priest or a pastor your whole life mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I mean, is that person any more devout uh-huh. religious than the next person? Uh-huh. Um, again, very culturated, traditional understandings of those things. So yeah. the point I'm trying to make to answer your question is I think that it's important. Yeah. to I, Integration is key. That's all what I'll say. And as yeah. I, my question to David is, how do you, how, how did you, well, first of all, I, I'm really curious on something is, is there, what's the take on alcohol? Just real quick, oh, like I'm, yeah, I'm okay. curious. What's oh, the ticket? And, and and I'll piggyback on that, pun intended, pork. Ready, uh, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna start with wine. Sure. Uh, because wine um 
that's one thing I do like about my uh, faith is wine is is in, integral. Not, yeah. not not only is it um, you know uh, allowed, but mm-hmm. encouraged. Um, oh, yeah, okay. uh, whether it is Shabbat or Passover, um, there are a number of literally ceremonies that require you to drink wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay, so um, you know it, it's. Uh, it's 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 pretty interesting. Um, and when it comes to pork, I think everyone pretty much knows that uh, you know kosher, kashrut uh, is not that is not allowed. Um, and uh, you know kosher, kashrut is one of those things that uh, you know the origins are in the Torah, but pretty much the laws and the rules have been laid out through the Talmud. Okay. On, exactly you know there's no god there's no passage where god says don't eat shellfish you know mm-hmm. ah. and, and uh you know but you can kind of see um how these things did emerge because uh there was actually legit reasons um of why these things were avoided uh, mainly related to disease illness. and illness yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's again, it's one of those things like it's an either antiquated belief for you or it's, um, you know, you can look at I like my friend who is very devout and keeps kosher, sees it as a very beneficial diet. He mm-hmm. says, you know, bacon is not healthy for you, so uh, <laughs> I don't eat it, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think both perspectives are correct. To Imran's point, it's what what works for you you know how how you connect to you know the higher power um which you know you had mentioned i forget if we were recording or not but you mentioned like agnostic and um Mm -hmm. think that you know again i mentioned critical thinking and rationality uh and i think ultimately where i've gotten with that approach is i don't think anybody really knows yeah Um, Yeah. our tradition and our writings are just i mean I'll, you know or the orthodox would tell you this, this is what really happened and uh, these were you know verbatim god's words um and some would say you know they're metaphors for you know human lessons in out, out of thousands of years of life and you know I, I i ultimately think um you know morality really comes from the individual, you know, and, and, and the, and the society, right. Cause it's yeah. like, it's how we relate to each other, how someone relates to themselves. Yeah. And, and then to what's above themselves, what's the, you know, greater truth in life. Yeah. And, and I, I have never professed to know the answers. I absolutely love being a seeker and trying and hearing other people's perspectives and hearing the wisdom of the ancients and modern mm-hmm. philosophy and everything that the world has to offer. But, um, I think it's a fool's errand to ultimately ever feel like you have it figured out. But at the same point, I get that that's what religion does for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It helps yeah. them figure out the world. Um, for myself personally, I think I'm just okay with 
not figuring it out. I, I, I think it's part yeah, of the you, you said that beautifully. It's, it's religion for a lot of people is helping them figure out themselves and the world around them. That, that's, that's really beautifully put. I, I, I had a teacher once upon a time that worked for me, and she was a mathematician, very logical-minded, but very devout Catholic. And we got into a conversation uh, about that. You know, How could you be so logically-minded? science, scientific method, all these things where you say, okay, I'm going to prove something with, you know, through the scientific method, but then believe in this higher power and stuff. And um, she brought her own truth and her own perspective into this and said, well, for me, it's that those unanswered questions, like as science maybe advances and we start figuring things out here or there, that's all well and good. But for the rest that we'll never be able to figure out through science and stuff, that's where my faith comes in. And that's where uh, my religion comes in for, for her. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, basically what you're saying is math and science is all great and explains a lot, but for what it cannot explain, that's where religion steps in. And that's what, where the answers come for in, in those sets, uh, certain situations. And I, I really appreciated that. I was like, okay, I, I get that. I get how you can have such a, um, like a binary view on life as, as kind of what, what she was saying there. Yeah, I've never I've never been someone who felt that religion and science were at odds, mutually exclusive. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, um, whether it's you know the uh, evolution uh, debate or the creation um, myth mm-hmm. or story, whatever. Um, some people kind of feel like you know those are at odds, but um, you know I can play both sides of that i could say like who's to say that you know um, evolution wasn't the mechanism by which uh man or god created man you know like uh, that is a very i mean it's a very beautiful way of like looking at it honestly to see like a single-celled organism evolve into Mm -hmm. you know it's you know crazy (laughs) Uh, creatures who travel to outer space. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's that's a really cool um, way of looking at it, and I I don't see why you know. And I get it. Again, if you are a letter of the law person, said no, like God created the earth in seven days, just um, ex nihilo, and um, that's just the way it was. I I guess I could see that presenting a problem for you, but as I told you, I'm I'm not one of these people. Who, yeah scribes to that type of thing so i've always felt there's room for both science rationality and you know what everyone classically refers to as like spiritualism yeah. um, you know it's just your connection um i think every every human at some point in their life you know really gets that feeling of you know just being connected to something bigger than themselves um yeah and so yeah, I, I think that's really cool uh, about religion. If it can get you there, like, then by all means, you know, um, I, I think whatever ultimately makes people better um, is, is great, you know, and people point to a lot of the negative aspects of the, of religion and its effects on humanity, but you really do an injustice by not looking at, like, also all the good things that it has brought in and that's just life in general, right? Like things net out in the end and, and ultimately like here we are, we're all for the most part, you know, most people are pre- pretty good. Uh, yeah. Most people are pretty good and religion is a big part of that, you know? Um, yeah. So 
I'm I'm not. I, there's been points in my life where I've been more antagonistic towards religion because of some of the you know crazy stuff that's been done in the name of religion. But mm-hmm. um, I, you know, in my wiser and latter years, have kind of gained that perspective of seeing you know how um, it's actually. I think net a really positive force on, on, on humanity. Yeah. The whole picture, we, we get to look at the whole picture as we get older and older versus, you know, kind of a narrowed adolescent view. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I do have a question for you. Uh, you know, I would love, look, that was all beautifully said and maybe we should just end it here and go like here, here, you know, very, very awesome. But you've brought it, you, you've said it so many times and I've, I, I would be remiss if I did not bring it up. The word Jew, mm-hmm. um, you have you have said it many times in referring to people. Oh, that person's you know Jew or something like that. Um, and and me just saying that right there causes me to wince a little bit. What <laughs> why, why is that? I I, yeah, I just feel um, like I'm not allowed to say that or something. There's actually and, a really good uh, oh, what's the comedian? I think oh, it was Louis. Louis, Louis has a great bit uh, that he does okay. about that Jew is the only. Um, actual name for a group of people that is also like the pejorative, and he's like, oh. but it's the way you say it. If you say Jew, it's like there's this uh, you know real negative connotation. Or if you're just like Jew, you know. Um, but I personally, um, you know, this whole like Jew Jewish thing, um, uh, I've I don't know. It's never really been a, a thing that I've really lost any sleep about so the, the so it kind of sounds like this is more my problem than anybody else's problem because I, I i just i you know obviously i always want to be respectful to other people's beliefs and cultures and and especially now with things that are going on politically and all this sort of stuff in in the current times at the end of 2022 here it's just like i i don't that word just carries a heavy weight for me and i just like i want to be respectful i i think um i think i i think your heart is in the right place. I mm-hmm. think, you know, you get, you have the good intention, mm-hmm. but I think so much of maybe like the, you know, that feeling that you get is really tied to, I think a lot of what you just referred to the, yeah. the discourse and the, um, but you know, ultimately, I mean, I think it goes back to what Louis said. It's like how you say it, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you say it in a negative way or, in, or referring to it, you know, in a negative type sense, I mean, that's going to come through. But if you're just saying like, oh, my cousin's a Jew, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I am okay. a Jew. And I'm, pr- I'm, a, I'm proud to be a Jew. Like, and, um, you know, I, I don't think, um, I, I, again, I get it why you have that, that feeling. But I can tell you, you know, as someone of the, of the, the Jewish tradition and faith that like that, that's not, anything that you should really lose too much sleep over it's okay. um it's really um it's what it's it's really interesting you know it's one of the only groups where it's like the name of that group is also like somehow uh pejorative you know uh-huh. in, in some senses you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know I, I i don't feel that way uh, mm-hmm. i think it's all about con- you know it's the intention it's always words are always about intention right true uh, true mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't stress it man <laughs> all right awesome well david uh and imran both of you guys i i you know uh the, the whole point of this show and we say it at the end of every single show here david but we we you know i tell my listeners 
take a look around once in a while. And, and a lot of that has broader meaning, and especially in this sense, you know, understanding the Jewish faith and Jews. Oh, man. See, I even had a hard time saying it. And <laughs> Jews, understanding the people um, is, is important. That, you know, gaining knowledge and, and seeing the perspectives of, of others so you can understand where somebody's coming from is, is how you connect as human beings. And, uh, and I really appreciate both of you coming in onto the show, uh, offering perspectives, asking questions, giving your story, David. Um, it's beautiful. And, and, I, and I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you too. I think especially, um, you know, like, let's be honest, in this day and age, there's seems to be, I just saw a, a, an anti-Semitism commercial uh, the other day, which... Here we are. Uh, yeah, Jeez, yeah, like, I, that's something I'm not used to, but I'm like, yeah. okay, like, I guess this is, uh, you know, this, this is the truth of the matter is there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, as, you know, again, as Jews, we're kind of used to it, uh, yeah. it tends to come up, but it, it, it is extremely important what you are doing because like we we know once you are actually exposed to a human being and yep. understand them their story talk to them have the conversation know what they're about it really you realize that we're all humans and yep. that so much of the misconceptions and hate and anger that you know is fostered in our society is by simply not knowing uh, a person who is you know, of a certain religion, certain orientation, a certain, you know, whatever it is, like it, you just don't know some, and if you actually do know someone, then you realize like, again, we're just humans, right? We're right. all, we're, we're all humans. We're all unique. We all have our, and that's what makes life cool is that we are uh, unique and we bring something different to the table. And yep. So I, again, I appreciate you and, and, and what, what you're doing here. And, um, yeah, cuz it's just good to see you. And that's yeah, good to see you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Imran, thank you too, sir. And uh, and and David, you're long overdue from a Northwest trip. So just yeah, throwing man. that out there. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I bring, am. bring the wife and uh, and a kid and, you know, anybody else you want to bring whenever <laughs> you time to get up here. I, I love uh, so. it. I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. In Consideration with me, Evan Johnson. Produced, mixed, engineered, all by me, Evan Johnson. Theme song by the enormously talented Dr. Mark Adams. Thanks, Mark. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and I just might read it on a future episode. Got a question? Email me at inconsideration.podcast at gmail.com, and it too may be read on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to In Consideration wherever your fine podcasts are downloaded.